Well, welcome to the Well-Rounded Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Tony Davis, coming to you from the beautiful beaches in Jacksonville, Florida. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Do me a favor. If this show resonates with you, please go rate it five stars at Apple Podcasts. Now, remember the quote from Bo Schembechler, legendary head football coach from the University of Michigan, every day you get better or you get worse. It's one or the other. Every day you get better or every day you get worse. It's never staying the same. Okay? So my hope for you listening today is that you take away something from today's leadership conversation that makes you better and helps you grow in your leadership. And today, my guest is Kara Bradley. And you will definitely be better after listening today. If you heed the information and the words from Kara, we talk about wellness and how our mental wellness, we talk about our gut health. We get into how all of that affects how we show up. And we dive into it. She dives into it very detailed, very uh, specific, especially when we talk about gut health and, and how, what affects our gut health and how we can, and she gives some tips on, on staying healthy. It is so important. And she ends with a very, very strong quote. I'm not going to give it away. You're going to have to listen to the podcast. Understand too that this podcast, The Well-Rounded Leaders, is sponsored by Arrowhead Leadership which is an authorized licensee of Crestcom International. So go to Crestcom.com if you want more information. Arrowhead Leadership, we are a licensee here in Northeast Florida, and I work with small to medium-sized businesses helping transform their management teams into more effective leaders. And in doing so, my clients see positive business impact through more effective leadership. And leadership starts with self-leadership. Again, Start self-leadership, it looks at how we drive our wellness. And Kara Bradley is an expert in this area, and I know you're going to love this episode. You're going to want to listen to this one twice. Well, welcome to the Well-Rounded Leaders Podcast. I have the pleasure today of speaking with Kara Bradley, and she is the leading authority on mental fitness, and she's led thousands through her signature body-first strategies. I'm so excited, Kara, to talk to you today because this is my, I, I mean, I, 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 this is my passion. This is making sure that when I do my leadership consulting and when I talk to the, my clients if they don't lead themselves, if they don't, if they're not mindful of self-leadership, how do you lead others? And this is exactly what you are an expert in, our mental wellness, our physical, and how it's all interconnected. And even I, I was reading and doing some research on uh, uh, some of what you talk about and our gut health. And yeah. so just give us a little bit more about your background. Uh, and again, welcome to the show and, and let's have some fun. Yeah, well, it's great to be here, Tony. Thanks so much for having me on. I love talking about about mental fitness, especially when it comes to leadership, because mm -hmm. I think, you know, as leaders, we spend a lot of time on our training and skilling up. But oftentimes, you know, the last thing on the list is really our own physical and mental emotional well being. And honestly, it should just be at the top of the list because mm -hmm. we're the best when we feel our best. Mm -hmm. So um great to to dive into this conversation so i'll just give you a, a like a super quick 
background on me, um, I've been teaching body mind practices for my entire life. I started teaching when I was 15 years old. I was a figure skater who needed to pay for ice time. And so I started teaching adults. And I, and I, the reason why I'm telling you this is because I really became enamored as a 15 year old in watching people transform in a matter of a half hour skating class. I would see these adults come on the ice and they looked old to me. Their shoulders were up by their ears and their faces were all scrunched up and they were all tight. And by the end of, you know, the lesson, they were more relaxed. Their center of gravity was lower. Their faces were bright and they looked like kids. And I was like, wow, we were able to do that in a half an hour. And so I've spent the rest of my life teaching people how to do that, teaching people how to get out of their head, be more in their body where they're more, where they feel more alive. And when we feel more alive, we connect with each other so much more deeply and so much more quickly. So, I mean, I can go through all the the things that I've done, but I mean, really just to say when we're stuck in our head, we're like, you know, old, not fun adults. Mm -hmm. And when we're down in our bodies and feeling relaxed and open, uh, we're, we're a heck of a lot more fun and easy to be around. So those were observations that you made as a 15-year-old girl teaching adults how to figure skate. And just the transformation from that one half hour of physical activity, probably their heart rates weren't getting really up. It wasn't, you know, getting from aerobic to anaerobic activity, I wouldn't guess. But just being active and the difference that that made to that person's persona resonated with you. Yeah. And that, and then, and you've successfully made a, a outstanding career out of that, just because of that passion and wanting to dive into that more. That is really cool in and of itself. Is that those observations uh, led to? And and you know, you know what they say: if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And Absolutely. That just kind of spawned into what you're doing now in helping people and leaders. Because of uh, those uh, very astute observations, just at a very young age, that is that is pretty cool. That's kind of, I mean, I, I, I that's what I took away out, out of all that is yeah. that just th- how that resonated, and that should be a message in itself. You know, I, I feel. Let me ask you this: so we have this culture now where we can't, we have to be careful what we say, and and again, wellness goes beyond just obesity and things like that. How much has this culture of making sure we're not hurting anybody's feelings or making sure we're not saying anything critical, the fat shaming I'm, I'm really thinking of, contrib- yeah. contributed to maybe a kind of a lax in people's outlook on physical fitness? I mean, you, you kind of get where I'm going with that question? I think so. I think so. I will. I will say that you know, when you read my bio, there mm-hmm. was this, this two words, body first. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at me, they're like, what are you talking about? Because I call myself a body mind teacher, not a mind body teacher, but a body mind teacher. Because I feel that in, you know, to answer your question, our bodies have been given um, kind of, you know, we're, we're stuck in the dugout. Uh, and, and the mind has is front and center all the time. Mm-hmm. We are so enamored with our thinking and our thinking mind that we have forgotten that we have this extraordinarily intelligent body 
below our neck. And that's, and so the reason why I say body first and body mind is because I want to shout from the rooftops that you have so much information streaming through you 24 seven as a leader, as a parent, as whatever, um, all the time. But we walk around life like a brain on a stick, literally like a brain on a stick. And we think it's all about our mental intelligence. And so um, it's why I've stayed um, doing what I'm doing. I ran a yoga studio for 16 years. And the, the message was always get out of your head, get into your body, you know, in one hour, you're going to solve some problems that you didn't even know you had, you know, you're going to walk away more intelligent because your body and mind have come online. And um, so, I mean, there was a lot there, but, you know, when I was doing a lot more keynotes uh, pre-COVID, I would step up on stage and talk to leaders all mm -hmm. over the country, all over the world. And I usually started my keynote with an Emerson quote. And that is who you are speaks so loudly. I can't hear what you're saying. Who we are when we step into a room, when we sit at a conference table, whatever we're doing, giving a presentation is already communicating with those people around us. Mm -hmm. But if we're stuck in our head thinking we've got to show them or prove to them what we know, our body language, just like dogs, we sniff each other out. Our body language is going to tell them exactly where we're at if we're in doubt if we're fearful if we're holding back if we're trying to force a situation so it really you know behooves us to get to know our bodies mm. as leaders really understand what your body is telling you and so that's what i spend a lot of my time doing you know that is such a good point that you bring up because we are like it or not and regardless of what the media and everybody's trying to tell us we're judged by our appearance and, and being in the leadership development and, the, and, and coaching uh, industry myself, when I meet with businesses here in my market in Northeast Florida, within the first 15 seconds, that business owner is going to look at me and how I carry myself and my appearance. And he's going to judge me or make an, or make a first impression on just, even before I open my mouth and say, Hey, I'm Tony Davis and, 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 and go, can I, see this person credibly developing my management team in the area of leadership development and, and, and right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, you make a valid point. We are judged by when we walk in the room by our, by just how we carry ourselves. And a lot of that has to do with our physical health. Right. Um, and, and it's so important. Um, you know, what's the common misconception that when you, when you're coaching or when you're, you're talking to business owners, um, that they might have with, with their wellness, you know, or, or do they just focus on their ability to manage and drive production and, and they just forget about that aspect? What do you think is the biggest obstacle with leaders? Yeah. And, you know, when I talk about the body mind, um, and I appreciate what you're saying, because when we when we look better, we feel better. When we feel better, we do better. We connect more deeply. But, you know, big, small, tall, mm -hmm. short, fat, skinny, like at the end of the day, it is also the energy that you're, that you're leading with. You know, are you closed down? Are you, um, 
feel do you feel separate and contracted or are you open and available to listening i mean all that stuff is kind of comes across when we step into the room so um i certainly don't want to make it all about how you look but but right. again like you said when we feel better you know our chest lifts our chin lifts our heart opens um we're more receiving and more accepting and more willing to listen so that that all matters you know what i'll say is um regarding leadership so i like i said ran a yoga studio for for a long time sold it right before covid and i led teachers i have a staff of 35 you know, yoga teachers and when i trained them mm-hmm. you know uh, i gave them permission to be the ceo of the yoga room you are the ceo you step in that room you own it mm-hmm. because your students will feel your ownership and they will relax if they feel like you've got it in control you know what you're doing and i think that's you know it 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 was a great way i feel to really inspire them now we had a methodology and we had a template that they had to follow for the most part you know about 70% of it was 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 the framework and then i you know they had some creativity and and unique uh some license to play in there but um but them knowing they were the ceo of the room mm-hmm. um i think gave them a lot of confidence you know to really show up mm-hmm. so how do we show up and because you know especially in a yoga class i don't know if you've ever taken yoga but you know you could read your teacher in in you know in the first minute of class whether or not you're going to be able to relax and so that's like that that's the whole thing what i mm-hmm. what i love about the body mind practices is that it's not just one thing it's not just about bones and muscles it's about breath pattern it's about heart rate it's about our gut brain connection mm-hmm. it's about you know our our um our our posture and so it all matters because like i said at the beginning when you step into a room when somebody meets tony davis for the first time they're going to read you not from upstairs mm-hmm. yet right away but they're going to read you energetically physically because we entrain i love this word we entrain with each other mm. our heart rates our breath patterns our emotional patterns will start to entrain with one another and that's why as leaders we want to be really careful what's walking in the room who we are when we walk in that room um so that's why you know i i encourage leaders to have practices practices where where we can develop a familiarity with our breath pattern with our heart rate with our thought patterns emotional patterns muscular patterns like when we become highly aware of our states of being we then sit in the driver's seat and we start to be able to shift and control our states before they get the best of us and we make stupid mistakes Okay, you just said some practices with our breathing patterns and our heart rate pattern. Give give me an example of that um, ex- exactly, and let the list, let's kind of dumb that down a little bit for me. Sure. Uh, sure. And, and, and the listeners, they might know, but help give let, yeah paint a picture for me of what we're talking about. Yeah, and you know I'm a super simple teacher. You yeah. know I'm not fancy at all because breath is it it's free, it's mm. here, and it is like our major. Um, control stick, if you will, of our state of being. Mm-hmm. And you know, if we just tap into our breath, and we can do it right now, 
<clears throat> so wherever you are, even if you're driving, just don't close your eyes, <laughs> but you can just check in, like just yeah. become familiar, <clears throat> excuse me, with your breath right now. Don't have to change anything. And what probably will happen once you start to pay attention to your breath, you probably will start to deepen your breath because we hold our breath a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. We hold our breath. This is a good one. I heard this. Um, trying to think of the teacher that taught me this. Uh, it'll come to me, but we hold our breath when we're, when we're, our emails are downloading. Really? Unconsciously. Unconsciously. We hold our breath. We hold our breath. I mean, he, he said like when we unlock doors, but most of us don't even do that. We have everything's automatic, but we hold our breath. And so when we hold our breath, it puts our body into a state of stress. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so if when we become familiar, when we start to even our breath, inhale equal to the exhale, and even exhaling a little longer than our inhale, mm -hmm. we shift our, the state of our nervous system, which then settles the heart rate, which then relaxes the muscles, which then allows us to lift our chest and chin, which opens our heart, which makes us more accessible and available to others. So even just... The breath and and I'll say one more thing is that you know and I have said this thousands of times don't don't overlook the simplicity mm. like oh don't be fooled by the simplicity of your breath pattern like we want the fancy you know wearable technology to tell us this and that but it's really really simple mm -hmm. we just have to pay attention and and recognize this really works like this. This is not some, you know, trend out there. Mm. No, that's awesome. That's great. It just being conscious of, and I find that sometimes when I'm sitting on the couch or even when I'm falling asleep, I do, I, I, I realize that I'll hold my breath while I'm sleeping in a certain position or something. And it's, it just kind of is unnerving. Because you you just like whoa, whoa, whoa this is, doesn't feel right and and there's I guess maybe some subconscious stress I'm feeling I I don't know but you do make a good point because we've all kind of gone through those exercises where you do take in a deep breath you hold it I mean my Apple Watch has that little mindful uh, app on it you know and mm -hmm. then, and I've done that a couple of times and you're so right it does your shoulders drop everything slows down and after doing that for a minute you you really do feel a heck of a lot better so that's yeah that's a very good point um yeah and and just one more thing to add there again i i'm a super simple teacher mm -hmm. um you know changing our breath changes our state and and something that i like to remind us all of and i have to remind myself just as much is that if we don't choose our state the world will choose it for us we want to get really skillful at knowing where we are, how we feel, mm -hmm. especially in those big moments when you're having a tough conversation, when you're presenting, when you're leading, when you're talking to your kid, you know, where am I before I put my foot in my mouth? And so the easy things that we can do, I call these mini win practices. One is just take five, take five deep breaths, mm -hmm. balanced breaths, because it will shift us. The next thing you can do, and um, I love this, it came from, uh, I was uh, training, 
I was a mental strength coach for a college football team for 14 years. And I, I learned so much from those guys. And, um, one of the, one of the key, like it's, it's like a, um, you know, something that can snap you into presence is to bring your attention to your feet. So right now, again, if you're driving, you know, don't do anything silly, but like, just press your feet down. Mm. And by pressing your feet down, it takes your awareness out of your head, out of the busy mind, and it brings it, brings it to the lowest part of your body, your feet. So feet planted, feet planted, eyes steady. When you steady your gaze, just even like you and I here, I'm, I'm looking at the little green dot on my laptop here. Mm -hmm. Just when you steady your gaze, it starts to settle the nervous system because our eyes are darting around all the time. So it's like, you know, you want to kind of be Michael Phelps about it, you know, feet planted, eyes steady, take five breaths. Mm -hmm. It takes one minute to change your state from frazzled to focused. Mm. And now you're ready. Now you can walk into the room and they'll sniff you out and they'll say, hey, I kind of like this guy, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. That's so good. That's great tips right there. Um, talk about, on your, uh, you know, I was kind of doing my research on you, do, went to your LinkedIn profile. You talk about, you said things that you talk about, and one of them struck my attention. It was gut brain access. Yeah. What is, uh, yeah. what is the gut brain access and not A-C-C-E-S-S, -S, it's A-X-I-S, the axis. Right. Yeah. Right. Gut brain connection. Okay. Is, yeah. Is, let's think of it that way. Yeah. So, you know, having spent my life in bones, muscles, nervous system, lungs, heart, and the mind, um, I learned about the new science of the gut-brain connection about four years ago. And it was like the, the first minute or two that somebody was explaining it to me, I said, holy crap, like, I feel like I just found the basement of a house I've been living in for, you know, the last 30 years. And learning about this new science, and, and it's been around, mm -hmm. yogis have known it, Chinese medicine, they've talked about it. But now Western science is proving is showing that our gut health directly impacts our mental health and our mental fitness. Mm -hmm. So not only mental health, you know, depression, anxiety, but our ability to perform, to be in flow, to be focused. And I, all of a sudden I was like, all right, I got to learn everything about this. And so I did. Mm -hmm. And um, what we have learned is that, so there's the gut, our gut microbiome is mm -hmm. this ecology of trillions of bacteria and viruses and other stuff. And the, then we have the brain, but the way that they're connected and the way they communicate is the nervous system, autonomic nervous system. So fight, flight, rest, or digest, right? Most people know this now, sympathetic, parasympathetic. So that's a super highway mm -hmm. and our immune system. And our immune system is uh, whether or not we're inflamed, we're carrying around excess inflammation because of stress or toxins, pharmaceuticals, you know, there's lots of reasons our bodies can be inflamed. Both of those super highways, um, they signal information from our gut to our brain and from our brain to our gut. Mm. But there's a lot of stuff happening from the gut up. And what we've learned is that 90% of our feel-good hormones or our neurotransmitters, such as serotonin, mm -hmm. which is our feel-good hormone, dopamine, which helps us 
stay motivated and happy. Norepinephrine, which is for focus, and GABA, which helps us relax. These are all byproducts of what's going on in our gut. Like, holy smokes. Mm. You know, what we eat, our food is our mood. So if we can improve our gut health, and we can talk about how to do that, it will help, it will go up the chain. It will help to reduce stress or our bodies, um, how we react to stress. It'll reduce inflammation. And all of a sudden the signaling, and I love this word signaling, the information highway is clear, clearer. Instead of being a traffic jam, it's like a super highway. Or instead of being 3G, we're, we're working in 5G. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when a lot of people are experiencing brain fog, you know, confusion, focus issues, distraction. And a lot of that is due to inflammation and, uh, and stress and a, a gut that's not balanced. Mm. And you, you, you know, you said you started out doing all this research on gut health and when you start diving, I mean, you probably just opened up a Pandora's box of different areas to go in with, with gut health, because there's our gut health is tied to so many different things. And you just alluded to how it affects our mind and our, and our, our, our emotions. Um, okay. So if you're going to give, you, you, you said, you know, focusing on our gut health and you can give a couple examples. It's, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty involved process really to focus on what are some just simple techniques that can help yeah. somebody improve their gut health? Because the vast majority of people out there listening right now that are in the car driving around, maybe they're traveling salespeople, they're eating fast food all the time. And, and, you know, it's uh, the, the average human probably has, we probably are really unhealthy when it comes to our gut. And I'm, yeah. and I have a little bit of knowledge on it because my wife is, is big into gut health and, and she's just um, in the process of getting through breast cancer and stuff. And, and so, but I know my gut health is not the best. Start somebody who's just, you know, there's a lot to unpackage with gut health. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'll keep it simple. Yeah. So there are four ways that our gut goes out of whack. Okay. First, most important is food, food and food choice. Second is stress stress because our nervous system goes down into our lower intestines are when we're overly stressed it affects our gut the third is pharmaceuticals and Mm -hmm. you know some pharma is necessary obviously and then the fourth is environmental toxins so it's you know the cleaners the stuff that you put on your skin it's you know walking down the street in new york city and you know, pull, pulling in the exhaust. So, uh, but you know, it's a good idea to know what are those things that are throwing off my gut. So if we just look at food and what I have learned from reading lots and lots of stuff is if we can focus on getting 30 different types of plant in our body every week, it's going to be a really good start in starting to fuel all of those bacteria in there that are feeding on different types of fibers. So it's when we have a mono diet, when we eat the same thing, like every day for lunch for, you know, five years and never, never stray Mm. that our, our microbiome, 
the ecology kind of just stays the same. So we want to be sure to include a lot of diversity. So uh, I think it's um, Dr. Will B. He wrote a great book called Fiber Fueled. And he says, just put a piece of paper on your refrigerator and start listing you know, at the beginning of the week, all of the different types of plant that you're eating. And it could include spices, uh, you know, fresh, you know, cilantro and uh, basil, parsley, onions, garlic, you know, peaches, apples, whatever you're having, and just see if you can get to 30. It's a pretty simple way yeah. to, to start to get some more diversity in there. And then the other thing is, you know, when it comes to food nutrients, is there are and more and more coming onto the market some really good plant supplementation mm. that will offer your gut microbiome and the bacteria really great nutrients that they're you're not just you're not able to get in you know in in everyday food. So um, I have uh, become acquainted and and represent a company that is really focused on the gut brain connection. And feeding the gut the right probiotics, the right strains that are going to help up the chain right to the mind. So um, my focus is primarily on gut brain optimization. Um, so, you know, there's there's just so much that that we can do. And then the final thing is just sleep. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure you know this. I mean, eight hours is seven to eight is really kind of non-negotiable for um our bodies to be able to recover, especially our brains to be able to recover from the day. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm a CEO and you're just sitting here telling me I need to watch my diet and get some plants in me. And then I need to sleep. Now I've owned my businesses. I've owned businesses before and my sleep patterns were horrible. Now, since selling my businesses, I've learned to sleep again. And, and quite frankly, you know, the business and the life that I'm doing now is the quality of life is, is a lot different, a lot my sleep patterns are much better. What can a CEO do to improve sleep patterns? I mean, and I, and I got to say, um, one of your posts on LinkedIn, I'm a, I'm a huge Chiefs fan. And you put the, the Pat, Patrick Mahomes uh, post up there about meditation, calming, you know, focusing. And, and so would that be kind of a first step in getting a CEO to improve their or a business owner or whoever in business leading whatever to improve their sleep patterns, just kind of being mindful and meditating. I, I don't know, give some tips because yeah. getting sleep is not easy for some people. And, and even yeah. if you get seven to eight, the quality of the sleep has to be good too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's, it is the number of hours, but it really is the quality. Mm -hmm. So um, I wear something called an Aura Ring, O-U-R-A, um, and I'm not mm -hmm. affiliated with the company at all, but I think it's a great way to, to track your sleep and to understand, again, those knobs and levers. If I do this, I get crappy sleep. If I do that, I get better sleep. And it's really helped me because I was one of those, you know, CEOs running my business and, uh, experience burnout. I mean, I was not getting great sleep at all. I'd wake up three in the morning, start working because my mind was racing so much. Um, so, but I've learned, you know, that it is really what you're doing two hours before sleep. That's, that's key. And for a lot of people, that's, it's not possible to, you know, 
not eat two hours before you go to bed or have that glass of wine. I mean, so, but be, being aware of what impacts your sleep can help you to make different decisions on different days. And some days you just, you know, you go right up to the minute you fall into bed hard, but on other days, you're really mindful of how you approach sleep. So from what I understand in, in the, my own research on sleep, it's, um, you know, I, I laugh because I don't do this, but powering down all the mm, you know mm-hmm. technology an hour, at least an hour before you go to sleep, dimming the lights is something I do. You start to kind of turn down mm. because that's going to help your body produce its, its own natural melatonin. So dimming lights, cold room, um, no devices in the room, read a real book, let it fall in your face, which is something I do. And, um, those things, you know, and, and mindfulness, you know, certainly practicing a meditation. I don't do that at night. I do it in the morning, but some people like to do that at night. I love, you know, just even on YouTube, they've got great um, music, mm-hmm. binaural beats, things to help the brain waves start to settle and shift. Um, and then also what you can do in the morning. So Dr. Andrew Huberman He's a great resource for doing anything optimal. And he has had found really great research that shows that if we get outside in the morning, now you're in Florida, so it's easy for you to do. I'm in Maine right now. But if you get outside within the first hour of waking up, just to get the light into your eyes, it helps with the serotonin, melatonin, um, equation and it will help you actually sleep better at night. Mm, that's interesting. Um, so, okay. So we got to sleep, uh, stress. What, what about stress? I know what that was one way. How does stress affect your gut health? So our vagus nerve, which is this big wandering nerve that Va- starts va- up in the it's head, called the, the vagus nerve, the vagus nerve. Yeah. Spelled the same way. Yep. V-A-G-U-S. Oh, okay. Okay. I was thinking Vegas. All right. No, I'm sorry. Oh, Uh, Vegas. I'm thinking, we have a Vegas nerve? I mean, I- That's really funny. Is is that what I feel like when I go, when I land and I see the strip for the first time? Is that that like a rush of uh, emotion? That that must be my Vegas nerve. (laughs) Oh, that is so funny. I'm never going to think of it the same again. Thank you, Tony. (laughs) The Vegas nerve is this huge nerve that starts up in our head. It actually around our eyes and our ears and our mouth and our throat and our lungs and heart. And it goes down way down into the gut. So when we are stressed, Mm -hmm. that all gets affected. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of the reasons why when we're stressed, we either can't eat or we overeat or, you know, we can't digest well Mm -hmm. is because of the stress response. So, you know, it's so hard. We live in a stressful world and um, we carry chronic stress. I like to say it's it's an invisible gas. I mean, we most of us are just that frog in the simmering water, you know, dying a slow mm-hmm. death because of stress. But we can become more aware of what stress feels like in our bodies. And we have to take control over that. Like, because the, like I said before, if we don't choose our state, our body, mind state, the world will choose it for us, period, end of story. So we have to put those things first. Do I take a walk alone with my dog without the phone a year? 
you know, can I spend more time, you know, cooking without, you know, listening to a podcast, you know, we just, we, we are so just overstimulated mm -hmm. that I think just taking time to not be stimulated um, when you're able to, and we can squeeze that time in, we can all do that, taking a bath or, you know, a shower, sauna, whatever, you know, whatever you can do to, to turn it all off. Um, it, it will help you to become familiar with what it feels like to not hold so much angst and tension in your body. And that's really, um, that's really the point of meditation. I think this is an important point is that meditation really means to become familiar with. So you can meditate in a bath mm -hmm. and become familiar with what does it feel like to have my body submerged in water, to have the smells of the bubble bath, to have the, the dim lights. You know, this is how we become familiar with our, how we are when we're not jacked up like a brain on a stick. Mm. That is good. So we've unpackaged quite a bit here. We've talked about how your physical health starts out with your physical health. And that kind of relates to really our countenance and how we, how we show up, uh, how people read us from the get go. Then we kind of went into, uh, the, the gut health. We went into, uh, how that affects us. We we're sleep patterns. I mean, everything. So just from my background, knowing that all of this is so intrinsically connected, where, where would some, what's the start? Where's a good place to start? If somebody's just out there completely messed up, they're not taking care of their body physically, which obviously then it leads to horrible sleep patterns. So they're getting, they're up at the crack of dawn. They're loading up with coffee, may or may not even eat breakfast or anything. They grab a quick bite and it's just a, it's a cycle. How do you break the cycle? How, mm. how, you have to, where do you start? You start with the mind and mindfulness and meditation. Do you start with taking care? You could, because you're not going to change overnight. You have to make small incremental changes. Absolutely. So what would, what would your suggestion be for that listener out there? Listeners. I'm sure there's more than one. That is just a train wreck. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you're going to like my answer, but you got to start with what, is intriguing what where, where you feel like you can start mm -hmm. you know to ask someone to sit down and meditate i mean i've taught meditation believe me most people do not want to meditate it's not something it's like oh yeah let's go let's go meditate you know they just don't want right. to do it so to tell someone to sit down and meditate you know so i like to say what is the what is practical what is a practical first step you can take well you know what i think that i can start eating salad at lunch. You know, I can mm -hmm. load up, I can make a great big salad with, you know, 10 different vegetables in it. Great. You know, or I can take that walk at night um, and not, maybe not put the TV on for four hours. Maybe I just watch an hour of TV and I take a walk with my partner. You know, so what is practical? Because it's what's practical that we will be consistent at. And I think it was, um, oh, what was that great book on habits? something of habits um it was a big bestseller and he he the author talked about a keystone habit oftentimes it just takes that one thing that we mm -hmm. can actually do even if it's small like a walk every night for two months mm -hmm. other things will follow you will start as you feel better when you feel better you start to do better in all areas 
So I like to, to really put the um, responsibility in, in your hands. Like you're an adult, you you can do this. You really can. So just pick, pick the most practical thing and start there. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Because if there are so many areas, what can you do? That's going to get, that's going to be the beginning of those incremental changes. And then, you know, we talk about behavioral change. What's the most effective way to change your behavior? And that's positive emotions. So if you, it's not repetition, you know, it's not 21 days. That's not going to change behavior. It doesn't work. We've already, you know, it's been proven and proven and disproven. And I think, you know, and I've said this before on the podcast, I think they've even bumped it out to 66 days. Well, nevertheless, if you're trudging through and you're begrudging getting through 21 days, you're going to get there and you're going to go. Well, I don't feel any different and you're going to give up. Yeah. So positive emotions affect change. You go to the gym, you lo- you step on a scale, you lose three pounds. You're like, whoa, I'm pumped. I'm positive. Mm-hmm. Let's keep this going. Let's keep this train going. So I guess your, your suggestion, and it makes perfect sense. Start small, start where yeah. you're going to be most comfortable. Start, start with what's going to be most achievable. That's right. And then build up and look for those positive emotions look for those positive results that are going to trigger the positive emotions, I should say, and then build on that reward yourself. Absolutely. But you yeah, have to, I love, yeah, but you have to do it. You have to, you know, I do it. Start small, stay steady, build from there. That's my mantra. Start small, mm-hmm. stay steady, build from there. Cause you will like, just like you said, you'll feel good about yourself. You will. And then, and then what's going to happen? You're going to look back and go, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? Why didn't I start taking better care of myself when I was in better shape in my twenties and thirties? Where did I start slipping? Well, it's usually once we establish a family, we have kids and our routines and everything changes. And then are we advanced in our careers? We get more responsibility and everything starts to compound and then it becomes a slippery slope and Then you look and you're like, it's insurmountable, but it's not. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you started off our discussion talking about, you know, our culture, you know, kind of what's happening out there. And and I I cringe a lot with the whole self-care thing, you know, because really our our health is our most important thing. And it's not until and I'm sure, you know, people listening that have had serious health issues. It's like, you know, all of a sudden, boom, you're snapped into place. Um, I read this quote years and years ago, and I cannot find the the, the origin of it, but um, this person said, the greatest gift you can give the world is a fully healthy you. Mm. The greatest gift every day, the greatest gift I can give my family, my coworkers, the people I'm leading is to be fully healthy from top to bottom. And so that's my greatest responsibility is to, is to, is to be healthy. And that right there is a great quote to wrap the podcast up on because that is absolutely right. You know, we lead, whether you like it or not, you're leading something in your life. You're leading your family in different areas, different roles, just depending upon what, you know, you're leading your kids if you, if you have kids. But if you don't have really anybody else, you're leading yourself. So the greatest gift that you can give yourself or give anybody within your world is, is a fully healthy you. I love that. That's great. Um, Kara, I appreciate you being on. This has been outstanding. I thoroughly enjoyed this because I, this is, uh, you know, I find this topic and how everything's connected. So, so interesting, but yet so important and, and yet so overlooked, um, by a lot of leaders today. Uh, I'm, um, 
I'm going to put your website in the podcast notes, uh, carabradley.net. Um, and you have a book on the verge. So, um, you know, I encourage all the listeners check out her book. Uh, she has a podcast daily whispers, anything else you would like the listeners to know? Uh, you know, it's, uh, we, we have such an extraordinary opportunity to be alive right now. And, you know, what brings me joy is seeing those adults skating on the ice. And I, you know, I, I love to see human beings. I was at the gym this morning and I was just had this big smile on my face because I love just seeing people, you know, working their bodies and, and feeling good about themselves. And when we can all do that, you know, we're going to live in a, in a better place. So it all starts right here. And yep. thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Hope me, maybe we'll do it again sometime. We'll have a sequel. This is great. I, again, I love the topic and we just kind of really scratched the surface on what we could talk about. So Kara, thank you very much. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening and for telling your friends to check out the show and for rating the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. Your continued support makes it possible for me to do what I love, which is helping people be the best and become well-rounded leaders in their world. And for that, I am grateful. And until next time, be a well-rounded leader and make an impact.